Hey, y'all. Welcome back to a new episode of It's Not Black and White with Kenesha and Heather. Um, like before, I am Heather, a.k.a. the white one from the Midwest. <laughs> and I'm going to pass it on to Kenesha again. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm back. This is Kenesha, um, the black one. If she's the white one, I got to be the black one. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so how you feeling this week, Heather? Uh, Let's good. check in. Really good, but really busy. This week we've got a lot of training at work, and so I'm learning a lot of stuff that is really helpful, but also is, uh, you know, it's mentally exhausting because it's making me question all these things and all these systems that we have in the United States. As per usual, I'm always thinking about those things, so it's it's good to do it with the training, but it also makes it more stressful because I'm just understandable understandable yeah sometimes all the terrible things in the world oh often it's not even just sometimes it's just too big it's just too much to even think about um yeah i understand that uh this is good it's been a good week though well that's a good thing (laughs) yeah It's it's a good learning week that's all Well, we must have both had a learning week. Yeah, we must have both. Like, this week must have been the learning week because I definitely feel like I had a learning week. Um, Tutus and Tennis Shoes is kind of at, like, a um, turning point. And I definitely feel like it is ready to grow. But I don't feel like I have everything I need to grow it. And so what's interesting is like you see all these stories of like rags to riches and nobody talks about that in between. Like nobody talks about how you go from being like check to check and trying to figure out how to stretch pennies to thinking these huge thoughts and like, you know, making sure your taxes are right or making sure you're doing this and making sure you're doing that. And like, how do you go from pennies, but also like being able to pay a team to take care of all the things that you need to do? So that's kind of where I feel like Tutus is. And um, talking to my business partner, who definitely comes from a different income bracket than I do, it just kind of pointed out, like, my mindset wasn't big enough, and I'm kind of stifling Tutus. And um, yeah. so it was, it's, it's definitely like, oh, oh, wait. Oh, shit, I'm scared. Like, what do I do? So it was it's definitely been a learning and growing. And then I hired a CPA this week. Or I hired her last week, but, like, I got, like, some of my feedback. And I'm like, hey, by the way, did you know your business did that? And did you know these numbers? And I'm like, no. No, I did not know those numbers. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, eye-opening for sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But that stretch, that, like, oh, you need to grow now. Like, you need to know this now. Ugh. Right. It's like yeah. weight training for your brain and your emotions. Heck, yeah. <laughs> I got I got a friend that um, has owned a clothing company for a long, long time. And the quote that he has on his Facebook page is, an overnight success after years of hard work. And I feel like that's really just the definition of entrepreneurship. Because, like, I think, like you were talking about, like, there's these overnight successes or, like, people blow up. But, like people don't think about the stuff that happened for years and years or the things that you tried over and over again before it really got to that next point. And so, yeah, yeah. you don't really grow when you sing all the time. 
I guarantee you almost everybody who's like become a viral sensation or blew up, almost all of them have quite a few stories of the failures that came before that. And then like even when you get that minute of success or like you become viral, now you got all these orders. Nobody talks about what it feels like to have to fill all those orders. You know what I'm saying? Like I have products in front of me, but if I was to go viral tonight, I don't have that amount of products. So like then what happens or, you know, how do you, it just, nobody talks about that in between. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we're trying to do. Fill in these gaps. Man. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. That is why we're here. And please believe as soon as I start figuring out mine, I'm going to tell everybody like, listen, this is what it is. I about pooped my pants. So maybe to avoid this tragedy for you, do X, Y, and Z. Exactly. We're trying to to show the what not to do. Pretty much. That's hilarious. Well, I know for the topic today, we were, we were talking, we've been talking a little bit about what's been going on with um, Iran and Iraq over the last several weeks. Um, And we're not going to get too deep into that just because like we are not experts on that, in that topic, but we also wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that to kind of talk about media and how it plays into like how we how we digest information and uh you know like there's a lot going on in Iran and Iraq and we've been there before we've always we've been there for like over 20 years now like we've just been you know and we've had a long history with Iran and it's it goes way way back and I know when I was in college I took a class about what happened um between the U.S. and Iran in the 70s and so like there's like all this all these things over time that still continue to happen and you know small things can grow into very big things as we've been seeing with media over the last several weeks and so one of the things that we were wanting to talk about today was kind of talking about how how you get media and then kind of how media can take things over yeah uh, did you have anything to add to that before I kind of talk about like media sourcing um well only only I, I don't know if it's even an additive I wonder how many people out there are about like me who are not actively checking into real news sources. So like I stream everything on my TV. I don't have any service that provides a live channel. Um, So I don't actively watch the news. Now I'll read a news article if I happen to come across the link or I go seek it out on like my phone or the computer or something. But some, you know, you used to get news directly on your TV. You had, you know, the six o'clock in the morning news and then you had the evening news or whatever. and I feel like in some ways we might have been a little bit more informed because we we had those options that we definitely had to watch. But now, even though there is like more information, we have the World Wide Web, it's almost like it's so much information that we're not taking in enough. So now like, oh, if it comes across Facebook and it's urgent and it happens to be from C- CNN, then I'll click on, you know, a CNN, probably a legit article. But I could also right. click on something that is completely a spoof. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. Actually, like I think a lot about I. I mean, I technically have uh, regular TV, but I don't watch it as often as I should. And usually, I'm like out of the house when local news is on. So if I don't 
seek it out on the internet to, you know, catch up on those stories or see what's going on in the news, then I can just totally miss it and just be getting my information from Facebook. And I'm trying really hard not to do that. Yeah. Um, but it can, it can be difficult with the way that our lives function now. Like, so much of our life is either on a tablet or on a phone that we're not really getting the live newscasts or we're not getting you know we're getting like big national or international stories but we're not necessarily hearing about what's going on in our own towns that we live in and so that's I think something that's really interesting as well and I I don't know if it's good or bad I kind of feel like even with the news that we are getting whether we get it from social media or whatever at this point it's a lot of regurgitation like I don't feel like it is the same and this is no shade to like a person who works in the news or a newscaster, like it's no shade to any individual, but I feel like our culture right now is a lot of regurgitation and a lot of it is sensationalized. So I think there's like, we use extra words that make you feel a certain way or make you more excited or make you click on it. Like a lot of it is so much a clickbait that it's not just pure, here's the facts, here's what happened. You decide how you feel, you decide how you think about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I completely agree. Because I think, like, sometimes, too, like, the, the title of the article may or may not actually have anything to do with the content of that article. Yeah. see people post stuff on Facebook that'll be like, please don't read the title. Actually go into this article and read the information. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, how are you supposed to get people to read content that is... Um, that is going to provide them with information and not necessarily just somebody's opinion. And we all have them, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing on this podcast. We're talking about our own opinions. Right. But, like, um, I, I think that, that news, we, we've really blurred this line because of a 24-hour news cycle of what is actually news and what is opinion and what is information we have heard but have not confirmed yet. But because we have this 24-hour news cycle where we need to report it right away, even mm-hmm. if it's not the full information, which is weird. I think that's so weird, and it's frustrating. I think it's, it's definitely weird, but I think it's also like a big push to do it because... If, say, one news station decided, like, we're going to be ethical and only report once we have the full story, I think they would lose views and information to a certain extent because you have all these other ones. It's like, nope, we're just going to put out our first sentence. Like, we only have three sentences to say, but we're about to put them out, put a title on it and make it a page right now. Right. You know, and and we demand it because we're so used to everything being disposable and right at our fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't go viral, then, like, you're going to get less hits and people that work for those news stations or those different media outlets, if they're not the ones to get the report first, then they may get in trouble because they didn't get the information before somebody else did. And so, yeah, it's it's a really frustrating thing. Uh, but, I, you know, one of the things that we were talking about before we recorded the episode tonight was talking about the um, media bias and, like, how... Uh, Somebody had shown me, this was probably a couple of years ago now, this chart that kind of puts all the different media outlets, and it's not all of them, of course, but um, there's uh, this really nice chart, and we'll make sure that we put it on our Facebook and our Twitter and our Instagram, so you all can take a look at it too, so you know what we're talking about, but it's this chart that shows you know, on the on the left side of the chart is more liberal media. On the 
right side is more conservative media, and then it, as it goes up and down, the at the bottom it's like more of like propaganda inaccurate, like fabricated information, and then it just go to the top. There's more like original fact reporting and complex analysis, and then the center is kind of more of like opinion or persuasion. Mm-hmm. And so I thought. What's really interesting, you know, obviously there's a, you know, there's a lot of competition as to, well, if you're reading this media outlet, then you think this way, and if you read this media outlet, you think that way, and and it's pretty true according to this this chart, and I would agree with it. Like, you know, on the on the left, you've got the Huffington Post, BuzzFeed News, and that kind of runs along the center. So that's kind of like opinion persuasion. Um, and then if you go to the right, there is the Washington Times, you have the New York Post, and that tends to be more conservative and or opinion and persuasion space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so what I try to do myself and like tell me what you how what you kind of do when you look at media is I I try to live in, in both spaces if I can, but like the top of it here it's got like NPR, BBC, The Economist, The Wall Street Journal, PBS, uh, Reuters. Those kind of all are at the top where it's like more original fact reporting and mm-hmm. it's less there's less partisan bias. So I try to get a well rounded view. Mm-hmm. And, and then CNN also I thought was really interesting is it sits it sits more liberal but it's also like in the middle of this chart where it's kind of still opinion and, and persuasion so I thought that was really interesting because it's the cable news network but in this chart it's sitting more in a opinion persuasion space interesting and you know see like when I find a lot of the links that I find online or whatever a lot of times they're from CNN and so I tend to trust some of what I tend to trust CNN a lot more than others but I definitely try to listen to like NPR um NPR so damn boring that you can't like (laughs) I like it but it's so goddamn boring and part of the reason it is is because I feel like it does not add all the extra into it it's like hey by the way did you know the bomb hit at such and such time? It did exactly this and it did exactly that. Thanks for tuning into NPR News. And I'd be like, all right, now I know. Thank you. They always got that man on there to sound, <laughs> sound like he's... <laughs> I, I actually really love NPR. I really find it like uh, just very clear cut of what I need to, to listen to and the information I need to kind of start to make my own opinion about yeah. it. Yeah. That's why I appreciate it. I do too. Like I, and so like even old stories from NPR news or like any, anything that they put out, like I will sit and listen to it for hours. If I'm on the yeah. road and that's like one of the only stations, like, you know, actual like FM stations I can pull in, I have no problem. But part of that is because it is like, it is just, Plain Jane, we're going to tell you how it is. We're going to tell you this story about this lady from this random town and how she almost died. And we're going to tell you all the facts. And then that's that. And so those are like two of the places that I do end up getting a lot of my information from. And then I end up reading like magazine articles or blogs um, because sometimes how it is written and it's going to, I mean, yeah, sometimes how it's written slows down like 
how I take it in because it's not my everyday language. So I'll read it and maybe it's the same information, same opinion, whatever, but I'll read it from multiple sources. And then I'll kind of take that in and be like, okay, I got this from it. And this is how I feel. But I'm usually listening, reading like something from Times. I'll listen to and read from NPR, CNN, and PBS. Those are like some of my faves. That's good. I like, yeah, I try to read from all those spaces too. And the other thing that I try to do is try to find media outlets that are also not like like, um, historically owned by white folks. Mm. So like, you know, I try and read the root um, as, as often as I can. Um, there, you know, there's a few bloggers oh, that, that is I really a good love, one. like possibly love I, I love her so much. Um, and I think that she has like a really good way of, of viewing the world and she provides a very different perspective from my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also too recently, like I've started incorporating, there's, um, there's a handful of Native American media outlets. So I've started pulling that into my Facebook timeline and also like with Asian American outlets as well, because I think that it's, I mean, like, I'm sure that, that we probably agree on this, that like, it's, it's important to like hear from voices that like are not like ours. So sure. gain other perspectives. Yeah. So I end up stumbling up across international news, but I don't, I don't seek, it's not that I don't seek it. Let's see. I don't curate what I find. So I don't like have a favorite station from somewhere else yet. I just end up stumbling across it. And then I'll sit and listen to like their point of view and what's going on in their world. Because I do feel like our media, and maybe it's to protect us or maybe it's to sway us one way or another. I don't feel like we get all the facts. So I feel like if you listen to international news, you get to hear more facts and definitely get to get more viewpoints. But I mean, that's just like two kids telling a story. They're going to have very different um, ways that they tell the exact same event. So there's I don't think there's any difference in major world events. Like it is imperative that we listen to it from different voices. Right, right. Which I think actually is a good segue into what we were also thinking about talking about today because, like, we're, you know, we were also talking a lot about, yeah, we've got all these media outlets, we have these, like, other media outlets that are that are from different spaces, but then, like, we also have the social media space, yeah. especially Twitter, right, where, like, our president is actually, like, giving information out to the public very differently than any other president has done, like, doesn't do the news conferences like most of the presidents have done before him, and um, and, is, and is putting out all this information on Twitter, which is, you know, depending on who you are, is, is, is a good or a bad thing. Um, I am not really in favor of how he puts his information out, um, and... But, but you were saying that you were found a whole bunch of really interesting stuff through Black Twitter recently, right? Wait, first of all, let's rewind. I, he is not our president, okay? Yes. He, I don't know who that man is, but yes, he does love some Twitter. Um, and he's loved it since the beginning of his presidency. Like, I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought eventually he was going to act like a true adult, like our pres- like the president of the United States, and use a more legitimate uh, avenue to get information out. But no, apparently that's not what he wants to do. So yeah, that president on January 2nd made a post on Twitter um, about the strike. Um, that killed Iran's general. And he basically was like, oh yeah, it had to happen. It was overdue. 
And this is what he said. So the strike took place on the second. I'm sorry. And he made this tweet on like the third. And then Black Twitter went ham. So their hashtag is hashtag WW, uh, the Roman numeral three. So, you know, three lines or whatever. And um, instead of, I mean, but really, like the president making all kind of announcements on Twitter is a joke. Like, I know they're serious announcements, but the fact that he does it on Twitter is a joke. So Black Twitter responded with multiple jokes. So much so by the, like by 8 a.m. in the morning, Friday, January the 3rd, there was 676,000 tweets and they were jokes from Black Twitter. Like just meme after meme after meme. Um, Some of the ones that I found that were hilarious were like, they have a bunch of them are videos and they're so goofy. So I've seen a bunch of the SpongeBob ones. I've seen the ones where they're like, um, uh, when y'all go to find him, his address is, and they give the address to the White House or they're like, y'all know us black folks over here ain't got no power, right? So like when y'all get ready to bomb, don't bomb us. Cause we didn't order that. Like we, we can't even save ourselves. Like, so they're not only making jokes about Iran, you know, whatever's going on in Iran, they're making jokes about black Americans <laughs> place in the, you know, in our society. There is one out here that has a Latino man giving basically the evil eye um, and looking like, oh, y'all, y'all want to come over here now. And so the, the, <laughs> the caption on that one is Mexico looking at Americans hopping, hopping the fence to escape World War Three. And it's like, so they're not only cracking jokes at Iran um, and what's currently going on. They're also cracking jokes at like some of the other stuff that we got going over here. And then there's this one and I think it is hilarious. And it says, y'all don't take anything serious. We could seriously be going to war with Iran any day now. And Black Twitter says, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you, right, let me tell you <laughs> we don't care. I'm here to tell you right now. We don't care. Let me tell you, let me and that's that sports care. guy that's I'm always yelling on uh, ESPN about whoever. I don't remember his name, but he's always yelling about something. So they got all kind of memes online. And so some people were, you know, rightfully getting upset and like, how are y'all cracking jokes at a time like this? Like there are going to be so many lives lost. Look at how many people lives are lost. You know, like we're going to go to war. This is nothing to laugh about. And so the response has overwhelmingly has overwhelmingly been um, we're laughing to keep from crying like black people as a culture tend to keep humor in the forefront as more of a self-care therapy type of thing to deal with these large um, issues that you don't readily have a solution for. So back to what you were saying in the beginning, like sometimes when we think about the world's problems, it's overwhelming because it is so big. And so black people as a community through black Twitter are basically saying like, yeah, we're cracking jokes and we're not saying that it's not scary. We're not saying that it's not hurtful. We're not saying that any of these bad emotions, bad realities, we're not saying any of that don't exist. This is basically our therapy. Um, yep. So I thought it was an interesting take. I definitely think a lot of these are hilarious um, and just yeah. goofy. Just goofy. I mean, they didn't turn gospel songs into memes about this World War Three. Uh, it, is, it is incredible what people come up with on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Like, the game is forever strong. Yes. I love it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I And, you know, to a certain extent, like the everyday person, what else can you do until it's time to vote again? You know, like, I feel like, yes, there's some choices we can make, but day to day, we can't really stop that president of ours right now. Like, if I don't think, any, I don't think we had a choice. I don't know when we might have had a choice, but I don't think I remember anybody asking me, hey, Trump is getting ready to do X, Y, and Z. Do y'all want him to go ahead and do it or nah? I don't think that happened. So to a certain extent, like some things are out of our hands and we got to deal with the consequences no matter what. And yeah. 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 And I think, I mean, like, yeah, as much as it is hilarious when you start going through all those memes and all that stuff, like, I think exactly what we were talking about, like, the laughing to keep from crying, because sometimes, like, you gotta just, you really gotta find the humor in this, otherwise you're just gonna sit around either being mad or, like, really depressed all of the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I always appreciate it when I need, like, and, and sometimes I'm not even like cracking up. I'm just like, yeah, like that is so true. Most mm-hmm. of the time when I'm going through those things, like I'm like, I know this is supposed to be funny, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. And, and like I appreciate it and I love it, but like I'm also just like, yeah, but this really ain't that funny though, because it's because so it's so true. Like, why why y'all call me out like that? Mm. Yeah, yep. y'all not. <laughs> yeah, I got but. you. Anyways, we should probably figure out what they want us to do too. Like, what you guys should all tell us what you think is funny or what what memes you found interesting. Like, make sure that you tell us about that um, in our send us a Google voicemail or send us a reply on any of our social media outlets because we want to know what memes you think are funny. Yeah, we also want to know what news outlets you guys are listening to and which ones you prefer. Which ones help you feel. Um, more confident in the information that you are receiving. I definitely want to hear that. Um, Yeah, because maybe they know something we don't know. Definitely. That's definitely a possibility. So, hey. I know that one of the things for me, my favorite social media outlet is probably The Root because I love Michael Harriet. Mm -hmm. Speaking of comedy and memes, like Michael Harriet is one of the funniest writers ever and that's where I usually try to go is on The Root to listen to him or read his stuff because he's just, he he puts everything in like this beautiful bow of humor and audacity at the same time. It's freaking fabulous. So it sounds like our description area is going to have quite a bit in it. Like I think we should have one of his, a link to one of his articles, definitely um, the links to the chart that you were talking about. And then we're also going to have our business that we are um, showcasing. We're not, yeah, we're shining a light on. We're shining because you can't really showcase it on the audio uh, production. So anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Speaking of what business are we shining a light on this week, ma'am? We are talking about Design Fetish by Tashara. Oh. Isn't she awesome? Yes. I remember meeting her at Lady Like, which is an event in Des Moines, Iowa, um, that they put on once a year, right? It's once a year? Yeah, once. And I think they sometimes will do a second event, but they usually have like one yearly event right so i went to one of the big ones and that's where i met deshara and saw some of her beautiful wreaths what else does she do you tell me she just made um history the first tell us again what she did yeah so she 
she was the first black woman uh, elected to the Ankeny Iowa School Board, which was super exciting. So she got elected in November. Woo and she's a small business owner. Oh, she's got a lot going on. Yeah. Go, girl. I know. And she makes these really beautiful wreaths that, like, have gotten to be pretty popular around the the area. And so um, we're going to put her link up in in our on our page and stuff so you can take a look at the wreaths that she designs she does them for different occasions they're really beautiful you can put them on your door but you can also hang them up in offices or in your home they're really pretty so her facebook is by deshara so that's b as in boy y as in yo-yo d as in dog e as in elephant s h-a-r-a and like heather said it will be in our description so you can click on it or you can go to her website which is also by and you can see all these beautiful wreaths i mean she has them for almost every holiday they're big and fluffy and gorgeous and like sparkly she did not cut any corners on these i'm just scrolling through her pictures right now these are amazing yeah, they're super pretty, and then like they're really unique looking too. And very, you can tell she puts a lot of effort and a lot of detail into everything that she's doing. Yes, so that's a great yeah. uh, a great business to shine some light on while we're checking out. Hey, Heather, do you have anything going on for Monday, which is MLK Day? Yes. Um, so every year, the John Arbrook YMCA here in Des Moines does their uh, Martin Luther King Jr. prayer breakfast. So I'm going to be starting my morning at like 7:45 and going to one of my favorite events of the year. I love the prayer breakfast; it's a lot of fun, um, and it, we always get to highlight a few people and or organizations around the city that are doing really great things. So I'm going to that, and then I'm on the board of Urban Dreams as well. And so we've got our kind of our service day. So I'm going to stop by there. Um, and there's a, I, I don't know if I'm going to be hitting all of the events up. I know those are two things I'm going to be doing. I also know that the Black and Brown Forum is here. Um, so Vice News and uh, a couple of other people, uh, uh, you know, and Wayne Ford. And um, there's, there's a lot of people that get together. There's a lot of people that come for this Black and Brown Forum. Um, Wayne Ford and Mary Campos, they started this several years ago, and they've been partnering with Vice the last couple of election cycles, and it's going to be a really great event in the city. Um, and so I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the Des Moines metro area. I'm just going to be doing a couple of those things, but it's, you know, they talk about it being a day on and not a day off, and, and I think that that's... Um, people are starting to really take that charge. So what about you? What are you doing for Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Now, Heather, you said you're going to just a few events. Like, you're not going to be busy all day. Girl, right. So I am choosing not to be that busy. However, I will be in great company. Um, I am going to the nation's largest march. I just happen to live in the city um, of San Antonio, which has the nation's largest march. So they last year had 300,000 people that March for MLK Day. And so I'm really excited to be around um, that many people. And like for that to be my introduction of the city, um, I feel like it's going to be like positive energy. Um, I might even get to see some vendors. You know, this is just a great way to really get to know the city. Yeah, 
So Yeah, that sounds incredible. Yeah. I'm a little jealous, not gonna lie. <laughs> awesome. I'll take plenty of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> So to close out today's session, I'll give a quote from MLK. He says, we must concentrate not merely on the negative expulsion of war, but on the positive affirmation of peace. So I think we should charge our listeners with um, giving that some thought and integrating it into their life. And yeah, taking Monday as a day on. Let us know what you did on Monday. Also, let us know like where you get your news and what helps you stay informed. Please keep us informed so we can be, you know, like interacting with you all and, you know, you got to take the charge of having a day on and not a day off. And, uh, you know, like, let's, let's keep in mind, um, like, let's talk a little bit about and think a little bit about um, who Martin Luther King was as like a whole person as opposed to just the man that got up in, in front of, you know, a, a ton of people and gave this incredible speech. Uh, you know, he he did do those things and he is an incredibly inspiring person, but we also want to think about who he was as a whole person and also think about the things that not all of us want to talk about, but he was, he was you know, banging the drum on for a long, long time. And so, uh, yeah, I think that just keep that in mind as you go throughout your weekend and yeah. So we'll catch you all. All are still on this ride. Yeah. <laughs> All that's very true. Uh, I definitely will be working that, uh, working on that, working on those parts of me to emulate some of our great leaders um, that we've had in the past. So definitely starting to see the humanity in them and their day-to-day habits that I can emulate and um, therefore become a change maker in our times now. So. Yes. Love it. Well, Heather, I think that's all we got for this week. All right. Well, as always, good talking to you. You also. Thank you, listeners. We look forward to uh, interacting with you and talking with you next week. So you guys have a great week, and we talk to you later.